0: Hello and welcome back to Night Spice for episode two. I'm Oscar. Hi, I'm Neil. And this is a podcast about book reviews and getting upset. And today for episode two, we have read The Calculating Stars by Mary Robinette Kowal, which is book one in the Lady Astronaut series. I think that's what it's called.
1: Yeah, I think there's a novella
0: also okay and what i learned later on was that these are prequels right to uh to other books she wrote i think
1: oh that's interesting i wonder if i should check those out
0: all right so let's see so let's start off i think for people listening i guess let's just say full spoiler warning we are in about 10 seconds going to describe the entire plot of the book so you know get out while you can Yeah, I feel like all right, I'm going to try and summarize the plot and you tell me how you think I did. Okay. basically, it takes place in the 50s. Yes. meteor strikes Earth and essentially causes, you know, intense greenhouse gas, global warming style effect that they think will make Earth uninhabitable. And then the whole world more or less gets together to go colonize the solar system.
1: Uh, Yep, that's a very good summary. Well Thank there you. might be factions, but
0: Right. There's the, it's not yeah.
1: The West goes to colonize the solar system. Okay. Um And
0: then as far as far as the sort of main plot, the main character is a female mathematician and pilot named Elma.
1: Yes. A very capable person.
0: Yes. And then her plot line throughout the story is more or less she's married to one of the like head astrophysicists, I guess
1: engineers. I think they call. it. was his position?
0: Okay. Yeah. And then she wants uh, she basically um, pushes to have women involved in the space program, which she ends up doing. She sort of runs this, or you know, helps run this like PR campaign to put public pressure on to let women in, and then she becomes one of this first batch of astronaut trainees and the final scene in the novel. She, she has to overcome some pretty intense anxiety along the way. And then the final scene of the book is her, you know, leaving orbit with her crew on her first space flight.
1: Yes. And she is amazed. Um, Yes. I felt like the book was very historically accurate. It was like a period piece of the fifties, even though it is an alternate history.
0: Yeah, there's a big, well, I feel like it, it, its goal is, I think that's its goal. And the problem is, I have no idea what it was like in the 50s. Um, but I actually ended up feeling, I, I felt like it had a really modern voice. Elma had a really modern voice most of the time. And that sort of made me a little skeptical about... That's true. ...the portrayal.
1: Yeah. I, I guess um, it was consistent with shows like Mad Men. Hmm. Or like not Elma, but the rest of the world. And not, yeah, and not her, some of her friends, but... The one-dimensional characters all felt like they were for Mad Men.
0: Like which...
1: Like uh, Let's see. so,
0: who are who are the other main characters? There's her husband, Nathaniel, right?
1: Yeah. Um, then there's uh, I guess she is like by far the only real character, and everyone else is kind of not quite real, right? Or what do you
0: think? Yeah, I, I yeah, I I agree. You know, as someone who's tried and failed to write fiction as an amateur many times, I feel like I should preface. This is going to be kind of a negative review for me. I mm-hmm. should preface it by saying. I know how hard it is to write anything good. I don't know if I've ever really actually written something actively good. Certainly never finished a novel, and I know even a novel that's not that great is a huge amount of work. So although I'm about to complain about a bunch of stuff... um, Yeah. uh, Yes, I agree. Even... Yeah, the, the characters that stood out to me such as they did were Elma, who is the the viewpoint character, you get a lot of her own internal narration. So she gets a lot of like screen time. Yes. And then there is sort of her main adversary, Stetson Parker, who is kind of a, he's the, well, he's
1: like that grabby pilot guy.
0: Yeah. And he's, he's portrayed as sort of like a, you know, square jawed astronaut. Like he's one of the first people ever to go into space in this world. I have no idea if he's real. I doubt he is. Um,
1: Why would he be real?
0: I don't know. There, there are real characters in this. Uh, yeah, I meant like historical.
1: Oh. Like, there, are, there are some. Like the but cartoon? if he was
0: some obscure abson- uh, astronaut or something. Right, right. But yeah, he's like square-jawed American hero, but he's also a pretty classic sexist, misogynist. And he also has this uh, sort of personal... He and Elma have this personal dislike for each other from events in their past right he I didn't think he felt real like he was kind of like a two fairly two-dimensional but I thought he got more development or plot than most of the other characters that's
1: definitely true yeah um, and then
0: is there even
1: he kind of reminded me of
0: Don Draper I could see if he was he would be Don Draper played much more as as direct satire oh, yeah. I think like, but he's definitely that type. But he's not sympathetic at all.
1: Right, right. He is um, not at all. Yeah.
0: Even when he's doing stuff that is kind of like he's doing stuff that's cool in the way that Don would do stuff that seems cool.
1: But it's like the negative side is very obvious. I think. Yes. Like, um, like this is Elma's story, not Don, not uh, right his story.
0: And it's also like in, in as a satire, or maybe. That's not quite the right word, but even this is, you could see this as this is a Don Draper type cool guy, but seen through a lens of like a modern viewpoint and like a less sympathetic narrator than Mad Men is of him and just being like, oh, he's characters like that are actually really unpleasant in some ways. So I think you could take it that way. Right. Um,
1: So who else is there? Oh, sorry. Continue.
0: Well, just that I think the, I guess we can talk about that later. I don't want to. There's there's a lot to cover, and I don't want to get too out of order, not that I have an order. Yeah, but um, there are a bunch of supporting characters. There are a lot of um, female pilots and astronauts. Yes, a lot, like dozens, probably all routinely identified just by their first name, and not particular. Like I certainly got lost from time to time. I'd have to reference back and, and figure oh. out. Oh, you know. This one, Betty is the reporter. And then this woman is the the senator's wife. And they they just weren't really distinctive enough. And their voices were not distinctive enough that I ever was 100% locked in on them.
1: Right. And there was also the lady who kept lending Elma her planes. um, Yes. When they were doing that uh, show at the beginning to try to get in.
0: Yes. And I name? guess, I don't remember, this is part of the problem for me. I guess yeah. we should probably also say is like sexism and also to a degree race are big themes in this book. So, yes, you know, as someone for, you know, as two guys reviewing this and you know, I, I'm going to try and not be an idiot about this stuff. There's certainly stuff that maybe I read that didn't strike me or characters that didn't strike me the same way. And that's just because of sort of where I'm at and the perspective I have. So I'm going to try and keep that in mind, but also try and be honest about how it, how it worked for me as a story. And certainly the fact that there were so many of these characters um, who all had sort of similar role, like Betty the reporter had a clear role in that she or career personality, and that she was career-oriented and uses Elma a couple times for her own ends. Elma, so basically over the course of the book, Elma realizes the military or this organization is not going to let women in willingly. So she decides to, she becomes sort of this uh, unwilling, I guess, celebrity, because her husband is famous in the space program. She has some sort of high-profile moments at an air show where she pulls out of this, uh, you know, death dive, et cetera. And she has to sort of balance her really, like really crippling social anxiety with her desire to sort of further the cause and, you know, go on TV shows and interviews and, and talk in front of congressional commissions and stuff like that. Right. Um, so, and, and that sort of culminates in her, well, it's, it's interesting. There are a couple different things going on. Yes. Um, um.
1: Yeah. I. Yeah. I guess to your point earlier about um, how there's a lot of uh, like feminist themes in this book. Uh. It seemed like uh, I guess a counterpoint to something like Isaac Asimov's writings, where like mm. the only people who did anything were like men. Um. So may- maybe. That this is a kind of book where, like, women can also do
0: things. Right. It's certain, and I think that stuff was pretty successful. I have to say that to me, a lot of the the, some of the sex. So I think writing is best when it is you know either sort of like deeply researched to the point where you reach an understanding, or if it's sort of some kind of personal observation or. Like you have something to say, and it comes through in your writing. Maybe not literally. maybe it's an allegory or whatever. but so I think there were there were moments with uh, some of the the sexism themes that felt like that, that felt sort of observed. there's the the pretty minor scene where and and worked for me in a storytelling sense too, where there's that sort of minor engineer character who you know, is always conveniently resting his hand on the back of her chair in such a way as to touch her, stuff like that. Um, And even some of the bigger moments, like when she goes, she makes her pitch for female astronauts directly to the director, Director Clemens. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, he's just like, no, like, we're not interested. You don't have sort of standing to like, why are you why do you even think that you sort of have the standing to suggest this? Like, I'm not don't like, he's not actively, he's not rude in the words he uses, but he's very much just like, no, like, we're not interested. Why would we be interested? Leave me alone. I have a job to do. That stuff all felt um, pretty reasonable to me. I did feel that some of the sexism stuff and most of the race stuff really felt very broad and very, like, sort of a, like a modern tourist take on a lot of that. I agree.
1: I wonder if the book will feel dated in like a decade or two because it just seems so modern.
0: Yeah. I mean, there, there's just like, boy, she, she gets off easy whenever race could be a problem. She is always, either on the right side or does some very easy thing. And then the book thinks she is on the right side. Like there's that scene very early when she goes, she meets, um or the, the couple she's staying with after uh, is a, a black couple. And the wife takes her to the, this um, flyers club and all the women there are, are black and she meets she she invites some of them to participate in the air show. She she is a little patronizing and and says, "I'm not exploiting you. I'm inviting you to be pilots, etc." There's sort of a confrontation, and just sort of as a, as a way to sum up how I felt about a lot of the race stuff in this. So there there is a confrontation where she doesn't really do anything that, in in the world of racism, it's a pretty minor thing. Mm-hmm. She is told off by this uh, by another woman a black woman and then she becomes internally defensive but then it you know fully apologizes and a second black woman there said like good job you apologized and it's never mentioned again um yeah and that whole scene felt to me just like this is very broad it's very general and it's almost like a fantasy of if i an enlightened person was an unenlightened person back then here is how i would have conducted myself oh yes um, yes and there's another scene later where she worries about her old white Southern grandmother, 90 year old in in this like this large group with a bunch of black people in it. And she's like, I'm, you know, what's going to happen? And then I needn't have worried. They're, you know, zero problem. Like basically the next line is I needn't have worried. She got along with anybody. She didn't bat an eye. And it's just like, well, that that's great news for you yeah. as a character that your 90 year old white Southern Grandmother oh,
1: um, didn't. They were Jewish, though. Like, like. So they were Jewish. Yeah. And
0: but, there were a couple moments of where she sort of. It was mostly internal, where she sort of feels her own like sort of racial behavior towards her. Right. Right.
1: Um, yeah, I felt like her husband was just like like a woman's fantasy of a male character or something.
0: Yeah. I I have a bunch of notes about (laughs) like he is also, this is the fifties. He's a powerful man in a, in a male dominated profession and he is absolutely perfect. He never puts a foot wrong. There is even a scene where she does something and it has some repercussions and she comes back to him and he's really angry and she, and the like the novel fakes you out into like, oh, he's angry at her. But then he's like, oh, no, God, of course not. You, like, I totally support you. I'm angry at the sexism.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He he didn't seem real at all.
0: No, I think it's fair to say, I think both of us felt like, I, the characterization was pretty flat. Yeah.
1: And I did not care for the, the sex scenes.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> so my notes are are pretty chronological. Yeah. And there are a number of notes. So basically there what, there's like six sex scenes. They're not like explicit, but what they are are loaded. Every single line of dialogue is like a, an astronaut themed <laughs> flirty innuendo. Yeah. And my notes on this just go more and more crazy. Like in the beginning, I'm like, man, I, I can't find the actual note, but like, man, these, uh these, Weird, flirty banter sex scenes are pretty awkward, and then near the end, it's just like, dear God, yeah, here, my third to last note, holy Christ, another astronaut sex banter scene
1: yeah it's it's it, really rough, it was it felt like some erotic fiction, like she was changing genres,
0: yeah, but also like,
1: but astronaut themed
0: pretty, pretty rough, pretty, pretty bad, like so i I think the characters are pretty flat. Elma, I think, gets the most work, but sort of, you know, I, I don't really, she never locked in as a character for me. But in general, I think the writing, this is why I put that disclaimer up front, I think the writing ranges from sort of serviceable, uninspired to actually pretty bad. Yeah. Um, those scenes, I think, are, are are a good example, but there's also, there's just strange metaphors, there's a lot of really over explaining of stuff. Like there's this, and I guess my third complaint, I'm talking too much, but my third complaint is that there are so many scenes where nothing happens. There are so many conversations where nothing happens yes. where she will have a four page dialogue slash, you know, moving around the apartment, so, you know, like I, uh, you know, I, I folded the bed and turned down the thing. And then the other character said this, where, not only is there no subtext to the dialogue, but there's no, they're just literally having a conversation about like, oh, what would you like to eat now? Like, oh, I, I'm not really, you know, I could have a sandwich. Oh, I'll go make you, like, it was the first third of the book starts with the disaster and then just, it felt so empty and padded that that was when I thought like, I really don't want to finish this right? Uh, because nothing was going on.
1: So Speaking of the disaster, I felt like that was by far the best part of the book, like the first quarter or first third. Um, like uh, uh, like I like hard science fiction, like I guess more yeah. than you do. And I thought like all the kind of hard science fiction descriptions of what would happen if an asteroid hit uh, the Chesapeake speak Bay um, were very interesting and like how like the main character used her knowledge of this stuff to kind of escape death.
0: Yeah, I, I thought it was... Yeah, I, I don't really know anything about the science, so I, I had to take it all on faith. But it seemed well thought out, and also it was sort of surprising. Mm-hmm. Like there was the the air blast. Like there's the yeah the impact, and then they're both like we have to get out of the way of the air blast that's going to follow. I had no idea this was a thing, and it's yeah, it's pretty cool. It's certainly yeah, I agree. Uh, I think I mean I'm I'm kind of a I love space, and I don't mind stuff. That's a little sentimental. So I actually ended up really liking the final chapter. Um, when she actually, you know, like gets in, like I, that stuff all felt pretty legit to me, mm-hmm. her feelings as she's like getting into the spacesuit, getting into the command module, hearing the countdown from this new perspective, that scene, I was like, I like this. I, I don't know how you felt about it, but I, I thought that was a successful scene
1: right um yeah i felt like all the space missions seemed really like uh the real like they occurred in the real world in the past um like they, they it seems like very like act like uh almost exactly like what uh might have happened during like the apollo missions um i i i liked it for sure but uh it was it wasn't surprising so that's true yeah Um, I
0: I did feel like as much as I sort of didn't love the, you know, the the plot along the way, mm -hmm. I did by the end buy into the idea that like she had had to go through a lot to get to this point. So I did enjoy it a little as like, you know, was it sort of an uneven journey here as a reader? Yes. But like this character has been through a lot and this payoff for her feels legitimate. It felt like earned. I really liked the scene. Here's like here's the thing uh, like the to me it was still a little heavy but there's a scene where they're giving all the uh female astronaut candidates the tests mm-hmm. and it becomes very clear quickly that first of all they're not being tested like male astronauts are they're being tested in swimsuits etc but also then one one character explicitly tells her like oh like these are these are not for real like this is just for show and that stuff was a little heavy handed right. for me but I bought her so I liked her so much more after that scene where she's like, no, put the I'm going to do the get dunk me in the water, have to escape the capsule test. Put it on me like I'm she the whole book is trying to, to in its own way, I think, make her seem really capable and, you know, deserving of being um, an astronaut and being like the hero of this book. And for most of the book, I felt like it's a lot of internal stuff Not very likable stuff of her thinking about how, you know, how hard it is or how hard it's been for her to be the smartest person in the room all the time and like thinking about like, oh, I tried to help her. It was weird for me because this stuff came real comes really easily to me, but I tried to think of it from her perspective, which I found pretty unpleasant. But that was that and that was a lot of like tell not show, right? Of just sort of the character telling you how good she is. But this scene, it just felt like, oh no, like she is serious. Like she is really in this in a way that the others might not be. And she really is capable and she deserves to get through this. Um, right.
1: Um, yeah. Um, this book reminded me of the movie hidden figures, which is also based on a book. Um,
0: isn't that also about women in the space program?
1: Uh yeah, I it, it. well, so it's it's a actually historically accurate book or, okay. um, movie about uh women specifically black women who um did like calculations for the space program, which is exactly what Elma's job was in the Calculating Stars, right. uh, like being a computer, like a human yeah. computer.
0: That was very distracting, but I ended up liking it. Cause oh. they're, I assume they really were called computers, but they were, yes, that is real they fact. were talking about like, Oh, we need computers, not IBMs. I was like, but <laughs> yeah, but they are. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Um, yeah. So I felt like the author must've been strongly influenced by that book or something. Cause mm. it's like, this is like the same book, except in an alternate history timeline.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: Um, I, I know I complimented the hard science fiction earlier, But I do remember several instances where she just said complete nonsense things from a scientific perspective. And I wasn't sure if she was being like, if I just didn't understand something or if like she just didn't know what the author just didn't know what she was talking about. But uh, I can't remember the details. So,
0: well, so there were parts that as someone who doesn't know anything about the science felt like they were clearly diverging from reality Mm -hmm. to me, like there were parts where like some one engineer Um, runs by elma some technique for like making the launches more powerful and so they can lift bigger payloads and stuff like that like some configuration of engines or something like that and to me it could totally be real but to me it felt like some of that stuff was laying the groundwork for what i assume is made up science Mm -hmm. later on in the universe that lets them sort of freely travel around the solar system
1: Oh, but also I'm,
0: I'm making all that up. So yeah, you're
1: probably right. Like I don't, this doesn't, well, I don't know anything about the later books. Like, is it going to be, um, a realistic solar system travel book? Like perhaps 2312 might've been, or is it going to be like something magical?
0: Yeah. Let me see. You say something while I very professionally look this up on Wikipedia. I see. Yeah. So she, she wrote a novelette called The Lady Astronaut of Mars. Yes. So, um,
1: so is that the only sequel then?
0: I, it, it, it came out first, but yes, I think so. Okay. So these, these, I think, are, are prequels to that. And this was her first novel, I think. Well, there I, you go. That's what you come to this podcast for is cutting edge facts.
1: Yeah. Wikipedia. Um, oh, yeah,
0: that's where facts come from.
1: Oh, it looks like there's more books to read.
0: <laughs> so let me make another. I just want to illustrate some of my problems with the writing style. They're one of the biggest problems I had. I listed three things before the characters, the writing style. And, um, the pacing or the fact that very little happens a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And I think, so there is padding in this book. I think, um, the fact that it's a prequel makes a lot of sense to me. The fact that it's an early novel for, for this author also makes a lot of sense. Like it, it has a lot of writing problems that I, as an amateur critic consider think, think are, are sort of, you know, early writer mistakes Right. But there's a lot of the thing that really bothered me was there are a lot of sort of thematic elements or there were concepts that the story was conveying that then were hammered home by the narration. For example, um, there's some illustration on early in the book, the, the concept early in the book that keeps getting repeated is, boy, it sure is crazy to see people going about their regular daily lives, even though this disaster has just happened. Right. And there are a lot of examples, like there's an example where she's in a store and then there's a line that's something like, um, you know, and then the the shopkeeper and I turned back to like our business as the news, which is bad news, is playing behind us. And then the following line, the final line of the chapter was, it was like playing the fiddle while Rome burned around us, which is like,
1: is that like a cliche too cliche it's
0: a it's a cliche, but it's also this whole the whole the only justification for this entire scene is to convey the concept of look at me going about this mundane task mm-hmm. in this despite the fact that the world has been changed forever and these terrible things have happened uh, and there are there are many examples where where this happens and it it really bugged me like I think if the book would have been way too short and empty if I think the right amount of cutting had been done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But you know,
1: maybe it would be a novella.
0: Yeah, um, and it's just the pacing and the reveals. The the when she comes to the realization that the the uh, meteor is going to be going to cause this greenhouse effect, the chapter more or less ends to to me with with no real impact when she just sort of turns to her husband and says, quote, I think this is an extinction event. Like, that's that's like the least paced way to, to I don't know. I don't know. There's another scene later on. I'm not going to go through everything I have. That doesn't really seem necessary. But there's a scene later on where they come home to the apartment. The apartment is dark. This is an entire scene. It may be a chapter. I can't remember. She and her husband come home. He's messing around with the fuses, trying to get the power back on. And then the climax of the scene is she opens the lec- the electric bill, realizes she forgot to pay it, <laughs> and then ends it dramatically by saying that she's now that she's left there holding the bill, quote, standing in a darkness of my making. <laughs> like, how does the scene justify that level? It's not even, it's it's like melodrama. Um, right. I I don't know that that stuff. I thought was was really rough.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny though.
0: It is, but I don't think it's supposed to be funny. Maybe it is. I don't think so, though, I don't because think it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's later brought into the anxiety stuff.
1: Right, right. Oh, maybe it's supposed to show how anxious she was.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think later on it is used to sort of illustrate. I think she uses it as an example of like, sort of a time when she would in- reacted inappropriately to a situation because of, um. How do you, how do you feel about the anxiety plot line? um,
1: I was like frustrated by it. I was like, why is this character so anxious? Why can't she just do the thing that she needs to do? (laughs) Um, I suppose that indicates that either I can't appreciate like these anxious characters, or maybe it just didn't seem like a real character to me. It was like, Mm -hmm. she's just anxious for the sake of having a character flaw um, that like, can be written about Uh, and I bet a lot of people who didn't like the book didn't like it because she was so anxious and wanted someone who was like a stronger character, but maybe people who liked the book liked the fact that she wasn't perfect.
0: Right. Like, yeah. So it's, it's hard for me to know. I mean, I, I certainly don't suffer from this, this kind of like really, it's sort of like life-changing anxiety for her. Um, so that maybe that's people in some ways. I think in any story, um, it's a real balancing act, having a character who really doesn't want to act. Right. And yeah, there were times where I was just sort of like, you've already committed to this path. Uh, Like, for example, this PR campaign, like, can't you in this scene, like be anxious about it, but realize that like, you know, everyone involved is making some sacrifices and talking to some reporters might be so and she does eventually get there and i did by the end of the book i felt better about it but the the anxiety thing is it's almost played as like a mystery early on right where she has these extreme reactions with no explanation and the problem is that like in a story i don't it's not real right like if that really happened, the example i'm thinking of early on is someone calls her on the phone and they're having a conversation, and then mentions, basically invites her to be on a TV show, and she instantly hangs up the phone in a panic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just sort of like, what, like, if that really happened to someone across from me in the room, I'd be like, oh, God, something serious is happening. But in a book, you're just, it's hard to know, you, you don't trust the author yet. Like, it's hard not to know if just like, is this just bizarre writing? Like, what's going on here? And you don't really get more information on that i don't know i i didn't feel like that paid off in a way that made me feel like oh it's all coming together it was just sort of like oh I okay i guess that that was why that happens right like that still feels i don't know so right yeah also her brother who we forgot to mention oh. similar to nathaniel also has no flaws and is sort of just like a philosophical I support you do whatever like I support you through anything perfect you know very 21st century attitude like there's never a hint of racism or sexism from him or Nathan it's just so strange yeah
1: um I guess there's that uh niece as well that's kind of the same story like uh
0: which one was the niece?
1: Like the brother's daughter,
0: I think. Oh yes, yes. Like I I the... was, I was a little charmed by some of the stuff where the, where she realizes that you know these these kids and these girls are looking up to her, um, especially because it helped sort of move her along, her journey of of like stepping up.
1: Right. Right. Um. So how would you rate the overall novel? Yes.
0: Yeah, so as as always, if we're going off the classic Goodreads scale, which I think at some point I'll stop describing, but if one star is I didn't like it, two is it was okay, three, I liked it, four, I really liked it, five, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It's. I think I have to give it a one. I, I didn't enjoy it. I really had to push... To get through it, and by the ends, by the end, I was feeling some momentum. Like, but, but it was so relative. Like things were happening. There were some conflicts, right. and I love space. So <laughs> yes,
1: I mean that always helps.
0: But, but I think my my I was just my expectations were low at that point. Um, so even that, I don't like. I don't think I would recommend this book. Right, which to me is a a classic one star. I guess I wouldn't recommend a lot of books. I thought were just okay either, but right. Um, how about you?
1: So for me, when I started reading this book, I was like, this is the most amazing book I've ever read. (laughs)
0: How Um, long did that last?
1: About one quarter of the book. Okay. So I, I would probably give the first quarter five stars. And I even, uh, recommended this book to several of our friends, uh, based on that first quarter. Oh, interesting. Uh, saying it was like an excellent book. Um, once I got through about half, I, uh, really started hating it. Um, I <laughs> could barely get through the rest of the book. Um, it just felt like none of the characters were real. Um, I didn't feel like the messaging, I, I didn't enjoy the messaging, uh, the themes. Um, I do, I like space, but, it uh, felt like a worse version of books like Hidden Figures, um, and uh, I would give at least the last three quarters a one star, uh, and maybe a two stars on average, just because I like the first quarter.
0: Okay, that that seems fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, I've I've already given my my one star. There's no need to pile on, but you know, I like criticism. That's positive and negative that's why i'm doing this but i i do want to say that also you know the characterization of math person as someone who counts digits of pi to focus oh my god i
1: I dislike that so much and
0: and where she's she's stressed out and her husband asks her long division problems to calm her down it just like that was just one of so many other things in this book where i'm like this is just like this is the this is the 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 you know blockbuster movie treatment of like this is a math person this is a totally harmless you know racial racist situation this is you know I just and and yeah so so that that just sort of summed up for me like I just I kept losing trust in the book where I was like okay the space stuff seems pretty legit the disaster stuff seems well-researched. A lot of the sex, the individual sexism moments feel well-observed. Mm-hmm. Um, the few moments where there are actual conflicts and that, that happen, as opposed to conflicts where Elma just feels upset, um, like, by far the most interesting scenes in the book, not surprisingly, are the ones with conflicts. For example, the one where she um, sort of tells off Stetson Parker at the party and tells the story about how she flew the plane back while being attacked by enemy fighters. Um, There's the other, the scene later, where he is sort of blackmailing her about the anxiety medication she takes. And I really liked, just from like a basic, this is a good way to go with it. She just like, on the spur of the moment, diffuses it by admitting it in this casual way. All those few scenes where there's real conflict, it was a perfectly reasonable book right um the scene where even the scene where she's pulling out of the 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 spin her her plane is gets hit by a bird strike she loses an engine she like that was exciting there's some mission control stuff that's exciting but there's so many scenes where just nothing happens characters don't really progress and and so there's so many scenes of nothing changing that it just it, it was even the scene before the disaster at the at the air show where it felt like yes they these characters have put work in they're putting on this air show they have a concrete goal that that this is advancing of sort of creating this public push to allow women to be astronauts and that's all it takes um but so much of the book was not like that right Um,
1: yeah that the I know it was a couple of minutes since you mentioned this but the counting of pi really bothered me.
0: I thought it would as someone who has his own familiar or yes. history with the digits of pi. Yes. At the very I didn't know maybe it would have spoken to you in some deep way or it would have really annoyed you.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Um yeah, not good.
0: And and I defy anyone to read a single one of those sex scenes where oh my god without like i i i read i can skim books when i when i get when i know i'm not really feeling all of it but we were reviewing this one so i read all of it and you know my god it's it's i don't know what the point was like if there was one of them and the point was like these two people are you know, have a great marriage with tons of chemistry and, like, we really want to emphasize that they're super into rockets and astronauts and stuff, fine. But, like, there were probably legitimately five. Right. They were all the same. And it it was so rough. It was so rough. Oh, man. I'm uncomfortable. Like, I'm embarrassed.
1: That... Yeah. (laughs) And this was an award-winning book, which is just...
0: I know. I know. It's... Yeah, so we're doing... Hugo winners and nominees, and this was a winner. And yeah, it it really felt it just it it had so many characteristics of of just sort of general, not not that good writing that it it really. All right, so the last thing. So the next book we're doing is The Lathe of Heaven. Yes. By Ursula Le Guin, which I fin I've read a couple times. I finished rereading it yesterday. No spoilers. But it is funny that all three of them to their own degrees have a like a global warming theme. Yeah. Um I guess it's not a surprise that that's going to be a big thing in sci-fi, but since 2312 which was last week had some similar themes, how would you compare those or contrast those that and this, The Calculating Stars?
1: Um like the similar themes of global warming and global oh, No, just just as books. Oh. Um like
0: anything you think this did better or that 2312 did better.
1: So I felt like 2312 was um more like a history textbook of a future history <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. Um with like a loose plot that was okay. Um it wasn't bad, it was just like not the main thing. This book was more like um a very questionable plot. Uh in a make-believe universe that was obviously make-believe. Hmm. Um, so I felt like this book was less realistic. Um, m- maybe it was a little bit more exciting at the beginning. Um, I, and also, like, I felt like 2312, even though, like, it can be hard to get through because of the lack of plot, uh, had, like, very interesting ideas. Um, so it's like, it might influence the way you think. But this book is... but but The Calculating Stars is much more shallow. And I don't think there are really those kind of interesting ideas
0: in this book. Yeah, I think I agree. That that makes sense to me. Okay. I do, yeah, so, something, this isn't a criticism. It's just something I noticed. Um, and it it makes it make a lot more sense as a prequel in a sort of mm-hmm. like getting from point A to a pre-existing point B. There was very little, for a book that is uh, hard sci-fi and there are some detailed descriptions, um, the actual course of the space program happens mostly off screen and is very much sort of taken for granted Yeah, like they're they're never really confronting that like oh will we they're just like this is the next step towards establishing a moon base like it's those successes and failures don't really seem to be a concern of the book which isn't a problem but yeah um
1: so i think um, yeah i think basically the, my feeling here is that the author just kind of uh, was picking and choosing random bits of real history to put into her book. And she was like, oh, obviously, the space program worked in the 60s. So in my book, it'll work in the 50s. And like it won't right. be a concern because it worked in real life. So obviously, it's going to work here. And she forgot like that it, maybe it was uncertain while it was happening.
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah, there. I mean, it's definitely I, this is, you know, this is for me, not a criticism at all. I think this is just how writing works. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely sort of like, yep, this this is sort of like an Apollo kind of launch at the yeah. at the end. And you know, that to me that's totally fine. But it, it is very much. Um yeah, it, it did sort of just take from history and maybe didn't always grapple with the things that it was changing about the historical space race. Right. Or or space program. Oh, okay, so anything else you have to say
1: uh nothing here i guess uh we'll be back in two, in a few weeks with the late of heaven
0: yes two weeks hopefully yeah. uh, if everything goes according to plan
1: yes. let's say two weeks two weeks yes um, and i guess it's a mystery what our book after the Lathe of heaven will be
0: yeah do you think do you think we should announce those the previous episode for Maximum Spice, I feel like maybe we should. Okay. Instead of choosing now. I agree. Although we can, we can choose off mic so we have time and then not tell anybody. That'll also be exciting. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening. Um, and goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye.